Persons under 18 will not be admitted. What's up, everybody? This is Jeff and Ben. Um, talking with the dead. And still talking with. And still talking with. Still talking with is our live show. Yes. You can catch that every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. That's yeah. Eastern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You live yeah. in fucking California. It's got to be three. No, four. Four? Yeah. They're oh. only three hours behind. What about daylight savings? Yeah, well, fuck that. We'll worry about that one. Okay, so if you're on the West Coast, you're going to have to look up when 6 o'clock is out there compared to here. Which would be actually 7 o'clock out there. 7 o'clock? Yeah. No, before this is over, I'm going to need a whole lot of serious therapy. You're all fucked up today. Another dollar for the swear jar. I'm always fucked up. <laughs> you should tune into the show and see really how fucked up I can get. Oh, yeah. Well, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And when you do tune in, you're going to see amazing guests like this. Hey, this is Courtney Gaines. You know me from such movies as Children of the Corn, Can't Buy Me Love, Burbs, uh, even Back to the Future. Hey, everybody. This is Anson Hoyer. And I'm going to be on Still Talking With. <laughs> Hi, I'm Deadeye Swackhammer, and you're listening to Still Talking With. Hey, guys. It's Boston comedian Dave Russo, and you're listening to Still Talking. Do not change that dial. I'm gonna punch you in the face, you fuckers. In the face. Hi, this is Dee Wallace from ET Show, and you're listening to Still Toking Whip on the Dorkening Podcast Network. Hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. You're watching Still Token With. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here, and we have an awesome show scheduled for you <laughs> as always. And uh with that, Benjamin, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Um shocked two weeks in a row you didn't push the wrong That's button a, you gotta friggin jinx it oh see and, and then you go back to me and my camera does that yeah, now it's your turn to be uh the fuck up <laughs> well I, yeah <laughs> fuck you i quit <laughs> i'm going home i quit <laughs> no man i'm psyched uh you know we always have great shows and tonight's no different i mean i'm not going to sit here and babble but i am going to say this 420 this week, folks. So uh, you know what that means. Jeff and I are going to be in Berwick, Maine tomorrow from 9 to 3 doing a signing at Tricant Alternatives. And then we're off to Hadley, Mass to do the Grass is Greener Gathering event. So if you got nothing to do, that's where we're going to be. You should be there, too. Uh, anyway, yeah, on with the show. 420, is that some special... Number it's, it's that thing that has to do with um <laughs> that green stuff that that stuff and you know those things okay yeah okay yeah Jeffrey save us it's kind of like 7-eleven right no no nothing like 7-eleven no you can't get a slurpee on 420 well I can if I want to well, maybe, maybe. kind of slurpee right yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's where we're going to be. Uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with this gentleman tonight. And uh, so let's just bring him in. Let's welcome Rick McCallum, not the Star Wars dude. That's <laughs> me, <laughs> not Star Wars dude. That's my claim Much to fame. I'm not the Star Wars guy. Much more talented, in my opinion. Right? Well, I mean, my wife be, tells me that all the time so, so she can lock the doors. But by the way, just a point to make if you do go with the 420, eventually you're going to want that Slurpee. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and then you get brain freeze and wish you didn't drink the Slurpee so fast because you had cotton mouth. 
Well, so. my age, if I stand up too quick, I get brain freeze. So, uh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, okay. like Jeff, like Jeff said, uh, a lot more interesting than the than the other guy. That, I mean, actor, author, stunts, stunt coordinator, tons of friggin' movies that you've been involved in in one way or another. So uh, we've got a lot to cover tonight. I think you forgot Ghost Hunter. I didn't even see, but wasn't going to go there yet. Yep. Get him, Leo. <laughs> uh, Thanks, and Rick. paranormal <laughs> investigator with uh, somebody else that's famous. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into all that. So, so where do you want to start? Go ahead, anybody. Fire. Usually, somebody okay, jumps right well, on my shit right away. So, uh, all right, fine. I'm going to start. As a stuntman, I I read that you were in the Devil Rejects, doubling for Captain Spaulding. How friggin' cool is that? That is pretty cool. I've actually worked on a couple movies with uh, Sid Haig, and Sid was actually one of the really coolest guys you'd ever meet. Um, matter of fact, uh, I took like four hours in makeup to get to look like Sid, mm-hmm. you know, for the one scene I was doing. And if you happen to see uh, Devil's Rejects, they have the behind the scenes stuff. And I'm standing off there and he walks out and he stops and he looks at me and he goes, dude, somebody fucked you up. (laughs) (laughs) So Sid was pretty cool. I also did, uh, you know, the Hatchet series. Sid was in a few of those. Right. Um, So that was pretty cool. I got killed in Hatchet 2 in a gruesome way. But I was actually in all four. Yeah, actually, I was in all four of them, you know, doubling Kane in some places and, uh, you know, things like that. So it's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Sid was really cool. So were you in the Victor Crowley one, too? Yes. Okay. Yes, actually, if you saw the Victor Crowley scene, there's a scene where Victor's off in the distance and he's looking around. He's kind of pissed off. And the one girl's hiding by the boat. Right, and instantly they look up here, and you see him back there, and she looks up, and he's standing in front of him. Right, which is about a forty-yard difference, and I was the Victor Crowley in the back. Kane was the Victor Crowley in the front. All I did was hide. You know, I'm standing back there. Boom, down I go, so you can't see me. And Kane pops up, and it looks like he actually moved that fast. That's really wow. Okay, I mean, that's that's. I I didn't think anybody could move that fast. (laughs) Yeah. Especially in a horror movie. <laughs> Depends on who's chasing you. you know. yeah. Right? Come on, be realistic, Jeff. I mean, the blonde girl always runs really, really, really fast and then trips over air. And never wants to get up. No, can't get up. She's got to crawl. Yeah, but you know what? The best feminist movie of all time was the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, because that girl was not going to die easy. I mean, she ran into a tree, knocked herself out, jumped out the third floor window. I mean, that girl was badass. Right. I'll tell you who else was badass is Danielle Harris, who was uh, in the last three of the uh, Hatchet movies. And she was also in, um, she played the clown in, hmm, what is the name of that movie? Mm -hmm. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I believe it was. Um, where no, it was no, it was uh, Halloween. It was Halloween she, was to, yeah. she was trying to kill Michael Myers. Um, yeah, and, and she's just that girl's fearless. I mean, she's like about the size of a beer can, and I mean, she'll take on a grizzly bear, you know. Wow, 
Holy yeah, shit. she wanted to wow. do every single stunt we had, and you know, she pretty much did most of them. Just one, it was just it was too dangerous for her to do, and I knew she could have pulled it off, but uh, you don't really want to try going without the lead actress the rest of the movie. That's just a bad idea. Yeah, that, that yeah, that would be a bad hit. That's that's like me, you know. If 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 I'm doubling Kane, I fall down and I get you know hit by a meteorite. They just find another guy that's my size and put me in the suit. But if you do it to Kane, the movie's over. Right. You know, so. Right. Well, that's that, that's yeah. expensive, but you know that's just the way it is. <laughs> so speaking of stunts and in danger within stunts, what what are some of the most dangerous stunts that you actually had to perform? Well, um, there was one I did in a movie called Dark Wolf. And uh, Kane and I played the Dark Wolf. I played the, the wolf version. He played the human version. And there's a scene where the Dark Wolf runs and jumps on the hood of a car. And four of the actors are in the car. And the car takes off going backwards. Now it's going 20, maybe faster. And then it does a reverse spin. You know, like crack the whip when you're on yep. skates and stuff. And it just launched me into... Uh, two rows um, next to each other and two rows high of 55 gallon steel drums. Oh. And I went flying off the back of that car head first into those drums. And man, I can't even describe it. When I went flying in there, all the barrels started flying around like bowling pins. And these things are really heavy. They're 55 gallon steel drums. And they're whacking me from every different direction. And when you're doing falls, you have to know where the ground is. And well, that that was, yeah, they call it air awareness. You, you really need to know where the ground is. But every time I would start to know where I was, something would come over and boom, I'd go this way. And then something would hit me from behind, I'd go this way. And it'd come up and hit me in the head and boom, I'd go backwards. I mean, I'm like, I had no clue where I was. But boy, that thing just beat the hell out of me. Why wouldn't, why didn't they use rubber barrels? Because uh, they have Effect. things called budgets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, Jeff, you, you know all about budgets, Jeff. Yeah, How many concussions know, did you get in I filming? Know. I know. <laughs> you know, it's so cute. Uh, you can always tell the, the real dangerous stunts when the cast and crew come out to watch. <laughs> you know, you know, that's right? the one that they're expecting you, you know, to lose, you know, an eyebrow or something. But this one girl, Andrea Bogart, who is one of the stars, she was, she was a delightful girl. She comes up to me and she knows that I'm going to be jumping on the car and it's going to throw me into the barrels and stuff. And she comes up and she goes, are you going to get hurt? And I went, yeah. <laughs> she, goes like this. she goes, how bad? And I turned around and looked at her and I said, I'll let you know in a minute. And I jumped up on the car <laughs> and off we went. <laughs> and Have you ever me. been seriously injured? Uh, that one knocked me pretty senseless. And you've met me already today. I'm pretty close to senseless. It's not, you don't take too much of a hit to, to get me there. But I had blood coming out of my ear. Everybody thought I had a brain injury. And I kept, oh. kept telling them, I said, uh, the edge of the barrel, one of the barrel edges flew up and went, bam, it hit me in the ear. So I just split open the inside of my ear. But one of my best friends was the director. Matter of fact, I had lunch with him today, Richard Friedman. And I'm laying on my back, right? And uh, they're coming over and they're taking off the wolf head. And I'm holding real still. And Richard runs up and he goes, are you okay? And I said, well, I'm up to my waist. I'm good so far. Right. And they take the thing off and they see the blood. They're all freaking out. I kept saying it, it's a cut in my ear. There's not, you know, nothing wrong. And Richard looks down and he goes, is there anything I can do? And I, I, if you know the movie vernacular, 
I just looked at him. I said, yeah, just say those three little words I want to hear. And he was, looks at me and goes, what three little words? And I went, perfect, moving on. <laughs> right? And he turns around, looks at the crowd, and he goes, perfect, moving on. That's a wrap. I didn't want to do that again, but I, I would have if I had to, but I didn't want to. The other one, uh, these, these things are called slobber knockers in the stunt business because it knocks the slobber out of you. Okay. And uh, I did a movie called Project Metal Beast where I was doubling um, uh, Barry Bostwick. And this giant steel werewolf uh, hits Barry and just sends him flying through the air. And we were at this big water filtration plant, you know, the industrial strength, the huge roll down metal doors. And Kane's going, well, what are we going to do? I don't want to just have you go fly in through the air and land in the boxes. That's pretty much everybody does when you get hit. You land in empty boxes and knock them over. And I said, I got an idea. And I, I, he went off with the director. And I went up there and I ran and jumped and hit my shoulder on this big door. And it kicked me back. And I thought, cool. If I hit it hard enough, it will kick me back. I can land on my side and everything will be great. Right? So I went up to Kane. I said, okay, I got an idea. I'm going to put the mini tramp right here about 12 feet from the wall. I said, I'm going to do a full sprint, go upside down backwards, and I'm going to hit that wall and land down there. And he goes, what, what are you going to land in? I said, I'm going to land on the concrete. And the director's looking at me, and Kane's looking at me, and he goes, you're kidding, right? And I went, uh-uh. Right? So there were two young guys that were there talking to Kane off on the side, right? And they yell action. I come doing a full sprint. I hit this thing. I go flying. I hit exactly where I was looking. And you know, here's the door, and I was expecting it to go mm, and kick me back. I hit it so hard, it went mm, and stopped. It didn't come back, right? And I dropped straight up and down on my head on the concrete. Oh, man. And I knew that I was facing the camera, and you don't want that because I'm, I'm obviously not Barry Bostwick, right? So as soon as I landed, I did this, and I spun while I was still on my head and then spun away from it. And Kane still says, he goes, there's never been a harder hit in the history of, of uh, stunts than that one right there. And after I got up, they came up, see you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. And I was a little dazed. You know, you land on your head on concrete. That kind of hurts. But I looked over <laughs> and I saw two young guys, and they're walking away like they're, they're in the Olympics and speed walking. And I said, Kane, who are those two guys? And he goes, those were two guys that wanted to be stuntmen. He looks and he goes, they don't want to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that, that one that was another yeah, one. That, yeah, Jeff Jeff can attest to that when you when you land on the concrete, like I said, with budgets, because we did a, a couple of TV series films that we had done. Uh, and J Jeff missed his A mark and took a steel shelf to the side of the head that drove him into the concrete. I, so, I, 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 well, that explains a lot, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to understand things. Yeah, I'm, I'm like <laughs> But you know what? It comes in with a perfect perfect excuse. People tell me, they go, I don't understand this. And say, well, I have had several significant head injuries, you know. Right. <laughs> so, I was going to just ask, how many concussions have you had? I've had a few. Yeah. I mean, uh, Metal Beast got me. I know that for sure. Um, not, not so much the one with the cars. That just beat me up all over the place. I had a, When I was flipping over the last time, there was a barrel sitting there like it normally would. And I came down on my lower back on the far side of the edge, went bam, and went flying over. And I had a bruise about that big on my back. Oh, man. And I had a back pad on it, just hitting the exact spot that it wasn't covering. It was like, Ugh. <laughs> always happens. You can wear a suit of armor, and there'll be a little pinhole. And, 
Ow! <laughs> That's where right. we get to. You know. Yeah. <laughs> is my workman's comp hurts. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's wow. uh yeah, that's that's really cool, but it's kind of a little insane. Well, but, you know, uh, it's really fun to be on the set until it's time for you to, you know, do the fall. Right. Right, right. 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 I mean, I did another show where I went backwards down two and a half flights of stairs. Uh, that was interesting. So yeah, you, you get to do a lot of a lot of interesting things when you do stunts. Now, what's the most intricate and difficult stunt you've had to do? Uh, I would say that was a thing that uh, Kane and I did in a movie called Old Thirty Seven. And do you guys remember the movie Footloose? Yep. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when the girl is standing between the two cars? Vaguely, cars are driving and she's standing on the yes, yep. yes, yes, yep. Well, they did that on a straightaway, a closed straightaway, and uh, they had actually built things for her feet to foot, fit on. Well, this was another low budget extravaganza, and they wanted her standing on the roofs of the cars, right, as we we're driving, and uh, that didn't work out because they brought one that was a convertible, so she ended up standing you know, down below, but, uh, excuse me, we harnessed her up, made sure everything was fine. Right. Um, and it got to the point, the one car that Kane was driving, I was driving a Mustang, Kane was driving a Challenger, an old one. It would, it would die if you didn't keep it going pretty fast. I mean, you had to have it at, at least 42 miles an hour for the last several shots. And we're going around corners in this, this forest preserve with this stunt girl standing out there going 42 miles an hour. And, and, and we probably did 12, 15 takes because she played two different characters and they always do the other coverages. You know how that goes. Mm -hmm. uh, never touch cars once the whole time we were going around corners with the girl on there and everything else. I mean, it was that, that one I'm pretty proud of. Yeah. Now Kane actually says uh, in one of his books, Kane's, you know, Kane's got the documentaries out, you know, to Helen back. Mm -hmm. And he talks about that stunt too. And he says, that's hard to believe that you could go 42 miles an hour around the corners, you know, it wasn't like 90 degree corners or just swooping curves, you know, but uh, still not to bump the cars a single time was pretty cool. Or lose How far apart were they? Uh, we were probably only maybe 15 to 18 inches. Foot and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like that, that makes sense. Yeah, because well, the girls. Yeah, otherwise, is, she'd she'd split, right? Yeah, I, I heard somebody ask me one time. They said, "Well, you why didn't you, uh, you know, you only harnessed her to Kane's car, right? Why didn't you harness to your car too?" I said, "Really? Yeah, really." <laughs> they, said, they said, "Yeah," and I said, "You do realize if something happens and we had to abort for something, it would rip her in half." And they were like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that's why they hire us. Okay, thank you very much. Think of that one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been a bad day for that stunt woman. Oh, that oh. girl. Her name was Hannah Scott, and she's from New York. And that girl has balls of steel. I'll tell you, I'd hire her on anything I had. Nice. Wow. I didn't want to get <laughs> up there and stand out on the outside of the car at forty-two miles an hour. <laughs> True that. So what was um, what was one of your your favorite 
uh, movies or slash scenes that you actually did? Well, I, I think that my favorite scene was Hatchet 2. Okay. And there's a scene in there. I play a, a character called Silent, Silent John because I never say a word. And I think that Adam Green, the director, and Kane teamed up just to shut me up for a while, right? <laughs> but uh, Colton Dunn, who was, uh, he was also on uh, Supermarket TV show. He's the guy in the wheelchair. Um, mm -hmm. Colton was the uh, comic element of the show. And I was kind of like, there were two actual real hunters, Ari Mahailoff, who played Leatherface, and myself. And everybody else was throw-ins trying to get a bounty to kill Victor Crowley, right? And uh, we're out in this in the in the swamp, and all of a sudden you hear, arr, arr, arr. and I turn around and I look at the camera, and I never say anything, but I look at the camera. I'm supposed to be looking at Colton, and I go, and I turn my head right, and you could tell what I'm saying on, on the screen, right? And here comes Kane with an eight foot chainsaw, the blade. You know, he specifically made this for the movie. And uh, here he comes with it, and I'm shooting it with the shotgun, and you can see, boom, boom, him getting hit. And Colton is shooting the trees and the ground, and he's hiding behind me like this. And Justice King comes out with the shotgun jams, and I'm trying to get it open. He takes this shotgun, or the saw blade, sticks it between my legs. Colton is hiding behind me, so it goes between his legs, and he goes, Ugh! and he lifts us up off the ground, and he saws both of us in half, and we go, so yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. That that shot. Wow, that's. Crazy. I told Colton before we did it. I said, Colton, make sure you wear a cup. And he goes. Well, can you? He goes like this. He goes. Well, can you know? He's. He, I said, wear a cup, right? Mm -hmm. And I was the assistant coordinator. And the night before, I said, you know what? Just in case. And I went and I bought another cup and stuff. And I brought it. And I gave it to him. And after we were done, he comes up to me, hugs me, goes, "Thank you, man." <laughs> I told him, I said, I've, I've been trying to tell you, Kane is like Tina Turner. He doesn't do anything nice and easy. <laughs> you, better, you better be prepared when Kane's coming yeah. after you. <laughs> yep, he had to get that up thrust and make it look real. Oh, yeah. Boom! Ooh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, even when you meet him at cons, he, he's pretty rough. He's... Uh... You know, it's, it's like an honor to get, like, slapped by Kane or something, you know? Well, you know, he used to choke people all the time. Yeah. And he stopped doing that because people weren't as sturdy as they used to be, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you when you do that and you turn around and all you have is the guy's head and the rest of them is gone, uh, <laughs> might be time to stop doing that. Right. I know when we do, were on Ghost Adventures, Zach Bagans was talking to Kane. They're sitting next to each other. And he says, you know, after all that killing and stuff, aren't you afraid that, you know, some of that might carry over? And Kane looks and he goes, yeah, sometimes I feel it building up. I just feel like I'm going to snap. And he jumps over and he grabs him and he puts him in a chokehold. And he's going, and, and Zach's just going, <laughs> and Kane, oh, sorry, <laughs> puts him back over there. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kane's been my best friend for 42 years, I think. So, Right. Yeah, I was going to say. I will tell you funny I will tell you a funny story. They have a place called Scarefest. Oh, boy. There we go. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> it's probably that one girl I've always wanted to call. Um, but anyway, 
uh, I was at Scarefest and Kane had a booth and then R.A. who played Leatherface. And he's also one of the members of Hollywood Ghost Hunters. And then me. And they started Kane and they go to R.A. and they come down to me. And the one guy goes, oh, you're with uh, the Hollywood Ghost Hunters. I said, yeah. And he goes, uh, you know Kane? I said, well, yeah. <laughs> he's in my group. Yes. Right. And he goes, really? How long have you known him? And this has been years ago. I said, I don't know, 30 years. And he goes, you're kidding. I've got a banner up that's got like 25 movies in it, right, up behind me. And the guy goes like this. He goes, have you ever been in a movie? And I said, well, if you add up all the stuff, over 75. And he looks at me like, wow. He's like this. He goes, have you ever been in a movie with Kane? And I went, last time we checked, it's about 30. And he's like, <laughs> Oh, well, can I have your autograph? And I was like, oh, okay, now that you uh, qualified me, sure, why not? Right. <laughs> Felt like I was there for a home loan, for God's sake. <laughs> so, you're, the, you're the, who's this dude? <laughs> right, right. You, you've been in movies with Kane? Yeah, it's it's really? funny. Because people go like this. They said, well, how come we don't recognize you? I said, because I'm a, I play monsters. I double people. You're not supposed to notice me, you know? So, actually, I played like five characters in one movie. Kane, Kane always calls it my demo reel. <laughs> I just go, I just leave, come back as a different monster, kill some people, and off I go. Right. Oh, which movie was that? That was called Fallen Angels. Okay. And actually, there's one of the most gruesome scenes in the history of movies. At least people told me that. Uh, when we had the uh, premiere down in Hollywood at Gromit's Chinese Theater, um, we're down there and there's a scene where I knock this one guy over. I'm the black shape. There's another actor doing it, but I, they wanted me to do this stunt because there was a knife involved. And uh, I, I bust the door down, smash the guy to the ground, jump on him, and I've got him pinned underneath me and I'm taking the knife and I'm popping his teeth out going, and they're just popping up into the air and you see me grinding in there and going, and you could just turn, I turn around and I was looking at the people in the, in the movie and they're all going, oh, oh. <laughs> so that was that was pretty gruesome but it was it was pretty cool so in case you folks didn't know rick also does in-home dentistry yes just freelance <laughs> freelance out on the and, street doesn't, doesn't matter where it's at right, right. well the, the problem price. is it's it's all or nothing yeah <laughs> i'm only good at removal you know <laughs> well yeah yeah i didn't say yeah, we're gonna put anything back <laughs> But yeah, so that one, that one is a, it's actually, if you watch it, it's disgusting to watch, but it's really cool. And I kill him and I just stand up and walk away. No sound, just uh, bye. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of movie. Yeah. It was pretty now, cool. Now you that were, was actually, uh, that was actually at Mansfield Reformatory in Ohio. Another really haunted place. Mm -hmm. Right. I was going to, I was going to bring that up because isn't that where you and Kane decided to t take on this adventure with Hollywood ghost hunters? Yeah. Well, I've been wanting to have a ghost hunting group for a long time because I've been doing this since I was 13. Right. Um, and when we were there at uh, Mansfield, we had the run of the place. Right. And we were b way back in the far cell box, as far back as you could go. And it's probably one or two in the morning. Everybody was gone. And we start walking back and I see a shadow moving and Kane saw it too. Right. And the fact that we both reacted to it, that's, you know, we just went, yeah, this is, and Kane wanted to chase after it. 
And I was so used to being with people ghost hunting and they would ghost hunt like this. Right? And a noise would come and they'd go. <laughs> Didn't want that. I wanted somebody that would go forward. And then Kane, Kane was the ideal choice for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could see that. All right. So, now. Um, when you were a little kid, right? I mean, you know, with this, this ghost hunting thing and, uh, you know, I've talked to some other people. Did, did you have an invisible friend when you were little? Yeah. And you know what? I actually have a theory about that. I think all kids have an invisible friend and I don't think they're invisible. And I think they're probably spirits. And I think they are probably spirits of somebody that was close to them or is from the family lineage that actually is giving them a little more of, you know, watching out for them. So and it's funny because almost everybody I know had an, an invisible friend. And I did. I yeah, used to I agree. I used to blame everything on him, though, so I don't know why he still hung around with me. Well, that's why I had one, so I could blame him. Johnny did I didn't do it. Yeah, it was Johnny. (laughs) He's standing right there. Can't you see him? Johnny did it. Yeah, yeah, but I do believe that that's actually really a spirit that's uh, connected to him somehow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what in, um, in your definition, is there a difference? And if so, what is it between a spirit and a ghost? I'm glad you asked that question because almost nobody ever asked me that, but there is a real difference. A spirit is someone who has crossed over and comes back, like your grandmother comes to see you or your father comes to see you. A ghost is someone who's still here and hasn't crossed over yet. Okay, hasn't had that final laid to rest kind of a thing. Right. Well, not necessarily laid to rest. Some of them just don't want to go. You know, it depends on what religion you're thinking about. There's some religions say that unless you uh, measure up, you ain't getting in. So there are some some ghosts that are probably afraid to go take the test. You know, because if you fail that one, the you know the consequences are kind of big. <laughs> so okay, yeah, you don't have many options after that. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's there's things, but you know, most of it is um, spirits. Just uh, ghosts just don't know they're dead. You know, they died and they're still in the same place. They're walking around and, you know, they're just, they're confused just like anybody else is through most of their life. So I usually just go to make friends with them right off the bat. People are, people are actually pretty amazed. If you read the forwards of my book from like Jay Bloomke was one of the, of the people who started Ghost Hunters, Ghost Mine. You know, he's very big in the paranormal field. Um, and he'll just say, he goes, you know, Things come to this guy, right? It's always been that way. You know, I walk into a room. I remember we had done a thing at the LAPD Museum. And the day before, uh, uh, Kristen Lumen from uh, Ghost, Ghost Mine, uh, Brandon Alves from uh, uh, Ghost Hunters, and Susan Slaughter from Paranormal Witness had been ghost hunting for three days. And I came in on the fourth day. And I brought my K2 meter out, which is the one with the five lights. Mm-hmm. And I get really good reactions with that. I mean, it just, it, people laugh at me because I get so many reactions with it. But uh, I, I let them use my equipment because since Susan Slaughter's had been in a um, storage shed and most of her stuff melted because it got so hot. So they were using my equipment. When I got there, I got my K2 meter and I went out and I started walking into this one place. And Brandon Alvis says to me, he goes, hey, Rick, you know, we, we used that for, for two days. He said, it didn't go off a single time. And I just looked at him, I said, Really? Hey, Walter, are you here? 
boom, five lights. And they went, holy shit. <laughs> right? and I said, can, you know, can't help it. You know, it's, I know Walter. I've been there a lot of times. By the way, let me give everybody out there a little ghost hunting tip that's in my second book. Um, if you really want to find spirits, you know, to connect with them, pretend that you're trying, you just found a puppy, a lost puppy in your backyard. Treat them the same way. Talk, talk nicely, stand still, let them come to you. And you'll get more stuff than, than you can imagine. Wow. In the book, so true speaks. ghost hunting is not hunting. It's allowing them to come to you. Yeah, you don't, you, you can't hunt, hunt something that you can't see, right? And if it doesn't want you to see them, you're not going to see them, right? You have to make it so they want to come to you. So they want to interact. See, I have a, a feeling that they go to like energy. So if you're like a nice outgoing person, they'll come to you. If you're kind of, you know, the guys that like to scream and yell and threaten, they just go, yeah, we're here, right here. Play with that for a while. You know, right. uh, matter of fact, I don't let anybody do that when, then, when they're on a ghost hunt where I'm at. And they'll say, why not? I said, how would you like it if I came to your house and started calling you a son of a bitch and a, and a weakling and a coward? Well, well, I wouldn't like that. I said, so you're trying to see an un, unseen entity to come to you because you're talking to them like that? Do you really think that's going to work? <laughs> they're like oh yeah yeah you're probably right <laughs> so right. right so what's uh well before we get into that leo where can they find out about our amazing guest the two books that he already has out which he will let him name in a minute but do do your thing yeah, if you check the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us, you can find all the information about our amazing guests right there. there yeah, with clickable yeah. links. Yeah. With clickable <laughs> links. Yeah. So, so uh, what you mentioned the K2. Are there any other uh, uh, pieces of equipment that you like to work with? Uh, video, uh, voice recorder. Okay. Um, I've, I've been lucky enough to have a guy, a friend named Mikey Thompson that I've been ghost hunting with and a girl named Cheryl Plum, and they're both very good audio people. Uh, the difference with, with Mikey, uh, he has a DR60 recorder that's very easy to go back and forth and picks up a lot of stuff. It's the one if you try and buy one. When it came out, it's a Panasonic. When you could buy it for $35, now it's become kind of the, you know, the must-have. And you can pick them up, you know, for $3,000 now. Oh, wow. You know, or more. But he has one of those, and uh, we get quite a quite a bit of really good stuff off of that. I mean, we've got one place when we were in Scotland ghost hunting, he asked uh, in this courtroom, he goes, so why were you in here? And he comes back as clear as a bell, he goes, murder. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, that's pretty impressive when you get just straight out answers as clear right. as a bell. And we get quite a bit of it together. So you mostly you mostly um, uh, how do I say it? ghost hunt in buildings? Well, yeah, going outside is really hard to, hard to do. But I do go to Scotland for a month every year, and I do go out into the graveyards, which I, I don't call them. I just go out there and I walk through them. And if the K two starts up, then I'll try and have a conversation, right? Um, so outside, yeah, you can get stuff outside. Uh, but I go through a lot of empty castles in the middle of the night. So, and getting stuff in there when there's absolutely nobody else within miles is really cool. 
you know, you get voices and stuff. So, of course, you also get pneumonia from standing around cold castles. But hey, (laughs) it's part of the job. I just thought it sounds, yeah, it sounds to me like it's just one hell of a good time. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, Makes your brain work. Let's put it that way. Right. Well, I was curious about that because uh, I live two miles, I think from what is supposedly one of the most haunted wooded areas in the United States. Which and is? that's the, Brid- the Bridgewater Triangle. Okay. Never heard of that one, huh? I haven't heard of it, no. Yeah, yeah, it's the Bridgewater Triangle. Um, there's apparently all kinds of paranormal activity in there. I personally have never gone in there because I just don't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just really not one of your things. You know, no, no, I'm looking for mini Sasquatch, not ghosts. Yeah, yeah. What so, uh, what state is it in? Massachusetts. Ma- Massachusetts. Got a lot of Massachusetts history <laughs> when it comes to the paranormal. Yeah, see, Robert Robert knows about it. Yeah. So, yep. but but like you said, you've been to Scotland and you've been to a lot of fascinating areas. What were some of the I don't want to call them the scariest, but the most active places that you've been that kind of made you step back and go, whoa. Well, the first one would be Bolton Priory in in, uh, Yorkshire, England. That place not only has amazing energy, it's dark energy. Actually saw a guy get knocked completely out to where we had to revive him and make sure he was going to be okay. Um, people kept seeing black shadows, you know, all over the place. Uh, I was, I always wear black, you know, it's supposed to be slimming, but mine, mine didn't get the message. Uh, <laughs> but, but, well, I'm six four, 240 pounds. I'm not a little guy. Right. But, uh, I was, I was with this one girl, Caroline Hospital, and she had walked into, in another part of the castle when I was outside on the grounds, you know, with the K2 meter getting five light responses to everything. And uh, she, I see her walking through the archway from, from near where the chapel was. And she's walking out, walking out, walking out. She's talking. And then she gets near me and she just goes. I said, what's the matter? She goes, how long have you been out here? I said, oh, 15 minutes or so. And she goes, I just followed you from in there. I was right behind you. I saw this big black shape. I thought it was you. I've been talking to you for the last five minutes. I said, no, you haven't. Been right here. Yeah, so, it wasn't me. There was another thing about that. They told me uh, I was with a group called Anubis Paranormal. I, I was their guest and uh, and Premier Paranormal. Both of us guests of both of them. Um, supposedly, there is uh, the gate. If the entities in there don't want you to leave, they, you can't leave. They'll stop you from going out. And Mandy, who is the leader of Anubis, had a, um, a necklace that was blessed by the Vatican. And she's the first one going out, and then Carol Ann is second, and I'm third. Well, she gets up, and she starts walking through that. I just happen to be looking there, and I see her chain go <laughs> and leave like a burn mark on her neck. Right? She goes, oh, right? I said, I saw that, right? And she goes, yeah. She says, and then it's, it feels really hard for me to get through here. I said, just muscle up. You can do it. So she does. She gets through, and then Carol Ann, she says, it doesn't want to let me leave. I said, you, you can do it, right? So she muscles up. She gets through it. I walk up there and I don't feel a thing. It's like, get out. <laughs> we don't want to get, we don't, you, don't, you don't have to stay. Keep moving. You know, no traffic. Go that way. Um, 
but the one guy who got knocked out, I mean, we had to revive him. I mean, we actually put him on the ground. We put, you know, the equipment cases under his feet. You know, I was trying, because I used to do, you know, water safety and lifeguard and all that stuff. I do that at movies too. So I was, you know, making sure that he was going to come around. And finally he did after about 10 minutes. And the weirdest thing was me and this guy who was a bouncer named Peter, we picked him up under the arms and we were taking, put him in the cars because it was cold out when we were there. You know, was, and uh, he'd been shivering. I couldn't tell if he was shivering because he was cold. I'd actually taken my coat off and put it over him. And the other people that were there were taking their coats off and covering him to keep him warm. So, I mean, it was pretty cool that they all did that. But he finally came back sort of awake, you know, still groggy. So we walked him a couple hundred yards over to the fence. And I was really interested to see what was going to happen because I know the story of the fence now because I'd already seen that stuff earlier. And uh, he's got his head down and, you know, his arms up and we're, we're dragging him pretty much, right? And he gets about 15 feet from the fence and he goes, and he just jerks back and tries to pull loose. And Peter's a big dude. He's a bouncer, right? So we both have him under the arms and he's, you know, he's trying to push back. He doesn't want to go through the gate. So I said, Peter, he goes, yeah, I said, lift him up. So we just went, lifted him off the ground, carted him through the, through the gate and opened up the back of the truck and threw him in. Right? He goes flying in. We slam the door. We say, go get him coffee or hot chocolate or something. Warm this guy up. Get him out of here. So that was a very frightening place. You could feel the energy everywhere you were, as negative as could be. Um, Balgoni Castle has a lot of energy in it, which uh, is a place I love. I go, I've been there many, many times. If uh, I was there courtesy of the Dark Zone people, and they filmed a lot of this one hunt that we had there. And the chapel thing, if you ever go on the Dark Zone app, uh, it's free. Uh, you can look at the chapel. So you can see the whole hunt, but the chapel thing is amazing what happens in there. Mm-hmm. So I would, it's a pretty good thing to see. Now, do you, do you believe that um, uh, most spirits or ghosts um, are good in nature? Or, you know, do you, do you also think that there's some really bad, nasty ones out there? I, there's both. There I mean, both. if I go on the street, how many people I've got to find that are just total jerk-offs and other ones that are just really, really nice? Okay. That's what you're going right. to find. So just like the, people, okay. Yeah, that's what they were people. Right? So they're not personality okay. don't really change. Right. Um, that's why if you're nice, the nice ones will come out. And generally, the mean ones will just shun you because they don't want to deal with a nice person. So. Okay. okay. No, so it's so, um, I mean, I, when I talk about this kind of stuff, I always think about um, like the exorcist and do you believe in that kind of stuff in possession and stuff like that? Yeah, actually I do. And uh, just, just out of, out of uh, coincidence in the movie, the, uh, the exorcist, do you remember when the uh, young priest dives out the window and goes down the 125 stairs and dies? Mm-hmm. That's a real good friend of mine, Chuck Waters, who did the fall. Oh. But uh, oh, okay. But yeah, I do believe in it because one of the things that that you will find that just stuns people. They'll ask me. They say, "Do you believe in you know the evil spirits?" I go, "Yeah, I do." Right? And they said, uh, "Well, do you believe like in demons?" I said, yeah, I do. I said, "I've only seen one in 55 years, but yeah, I believe in them." And they said, "How can you believe in them?" I said, "Look at them." I say, "Do you believe in angels?" "Well, yeah." I said. It's the same story. 
They're like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. They're, they're both out there. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I've always lived my life that, you know, uh, some things have to be believed to be seen. Yeah. And if something isn't coming to you trying to make a point, you're not the one it needs to make a point with. Right. That's simple. True that. Okay. True that. So that's and all the paranormal stuff. And, and, you know, just one last quick question. Um, now, what about stuff like Loch Ness? and Bigfoot and all of that kind of stuff. Do you also, do you also believe in that? Well, the uh, thing about Loch Ness is the, the very first person who ever had a recording of Loch Ness is actually, I don't know if he's a relative, but that's where the name McCullum came from. And it came from St. Columba, who was the first person to report seeing and actually driving um, Nessie away from one of his people that was in the water. But that was the very first Loch Ness report, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh, as far as Bigfoot, yeah, it's, it's way too many footprints, way too many sightings, you know, to actually not believe it. It's like, say, do you believe in UFOs? You look outside, you see a billion stars and say, yeah, we're it. A bit presumptuous, I think. Uh, yeah, conceded actually. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, the, yeah. The, nobody else out there but us. Yeah, let's call it a day. Uh, okay. Kind of hard so to believe. I do have be, hope. Yeah, be, well, be like, kind of hard to believe you're the best thing stars. in the universe, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> now, yeah. uh, what about the mix? You know, where. So uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the investigation they're doing at Skinwalker uh, Ranch, but there's. Yeah, very much I am. Oh, you are? Yeah. Excellent. So uh, like uh, the hitchhiker effect that they talk about where, you know, people that go to the ranch and then like, you know, when they get home, they start seeing like dark shapes around the house uh, and odd things happening. Uh, well, that, happen that happens in the paranormal a lot as well. That uh, we don't call them hitchhikers. We call them attachments. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you get an attachment, um, I, I would suggest, and this isn't to try and raise money from my book because, or from either of my books, because I give the money that comes in from the books to St. Jude's Hospital. So I'm not trying to make myself rich, right? I'd like everybody to buy it so St. Jude's gets more money. But the last story is about what happened to me in Ireland. And uh, it's hard to read. It was hard to go through. And it was about a, a, something that attached to me. And to the point that the Scottish paranormal guys who are very, very good ghost hunters. Matter of fact, one of them is on the TV show Haunted or Spook Scotland. Um, and I, I happen to be a member of that group that they were actually running in and talking to the, the Lord of the castle in, in uh, at Lep Castle, which is very famous. And they said, how long is it going to take to get an ambulance out here? And they go, why? Because we think Rick is dying. And Rick was out in the car and he was positive he was dying. So, um, fortunately, I happened to say something just off the cuff that I think saved me from going under. So it's, it's, and it was from an attachment and, uh, but just to give you a highlight, I felt something hit me, you know, right in the right eye. And I mean, my eyes started watering and almost knocked me out. I, I got a pretty good pain threshold from bouncing off the concrete for 40 years. Right. But, uh, 
I staggered backwards and the guys saw me and they came in, they were holding me up and stuff, put me in the car and they went up and I said, just leave me in the car. Just let me rest, you know, cause I was sitting there, you know, nice and quiet and everything else. And while I was sitting there, my vision started to go, right? Started doing this. And I'm like, well, that's not good. Right. And then it went like the iris of the camera, which <laughs> in the old movies means that's the end of the movie. Right. And I'm like terrified. Right. I'm like, this is it. Right. And I can just feel all of a sudden from here down, all my energy go. And I mean, gone. Just like, you know, have you ever flushed a toilet in an airplane? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it's like. Boom. Gone. Right. And I'm just laying in the car like this. And I'm going, well, this is it. Right. And it was so funny because I wasn't afraid. You know, I wasn't frantic. I just thought, this is it, right? And for some reason, I said out loud, I said, you know, I've got to do a lot of things other people never get to do. I've been to a lot of places. I've been pretty much everywhere I wanted to go. So if today's my day, I'm okay with it. And about two minutes later, my energy started coming back. My vision started coming back. Now, here's here's where it really gets interesting. I got, I went in. About a half an hour sitting around inside, I felt better when ghost hunting. Um, a couple of weeks later, one of the guys from Scottish Paranormal calls me. We had been earlier at another place, and uh, he says to me, He says, You'll never guess what I found out. I, I said, What's that? He goes, The other place they had a duel. One guy got shot through the right eye and died. Well, wow. And I was the one that all of a sudden felt like I got shot in the right eye. and and what I actually think happened is this spirit attached to me, trying to show me what happened to him. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it realized how deep it was going until I said, if today's my day, I'm okay with it. And I think it backed off of me and let me go. But it was, wow. it was, wow. it was lucky scary. The only thing that ever attached to me was the leech from the local pond. <laughs> <laughs> I had a chubby guy follow me around at the, uh, down by the, the ocean once, but that's <laughs> pretty much, pretty much uh, all, all that. But I did have another time of getting an attachment at the Pioneer Saloon, which made me so sick I almost threw up on the table while I was sitting there. And actually, if you go to um, Rick McCullum EVPs on, on uh, YouTube, somebody else put this up, and you can hear what's going on. I'm sitting next to the girls. And I have two K2s in front of me because the, the tables are round. So the girl that's sitting next to me has no place to put hers, right? Because there's no table part there. So she puts it next to mine. None of the equipment of all these other people is going off. And all 10 lights are going off on the ones in front of me. And the girl that was running the hunt, she says to me, she goes, wow, the spirits really like you. And for like the last couple of minutes, I was like, oh, boy. God, I'm getting so sick. I can't believe it. I, you know, I, I felt like I was on fire, right? And I just looked over and you can hear me just kind of go, <laughs> I don't think they do, right? And you can kind of tell something's wrong with me, right? And I said, yeah, I'm not, I don't think they do. And uh, later on when they played the tape back, you can hear these girls' voices say, we do, right? Which was kind of interesting. But I go outside, I'm trying to, you know, clear my head and everything else. And I come back in and I said, you know what, guys, I don't want to ruin your hunt. 
I said, so I'm just going to take off. It's the first time I've ever done this. I said, but I'm really sick. And I turn around and there's a male voice on this tape. Now, this isn't my tape. Someone else put this up. And they put down that what it's saying is, you know, that's a, they got it in text underneath there. It says, uh, turn Rick back. And you see me stop and I turn around and I look back and I say, all right, guys, it's nice meeting you. And I turn around and then you hear the man's voice say, release him. So that's somebody else's wow. evidence. So wow, weird shit out there. Trust oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I love that shit. I love that I shit. I invite you know. it, and unfortunately, sometimes it listens. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people have had their own, you know, personal experiences too. They may not talk about it, but I, you know, I know I have. So. Yeah, mine yeah, just you know. tend to border on the extreme. <laughs> well, that's that's the fun part. Well, in my eyes, anyway. No, but I've but I've had so many uh, ones that weren't like that that were you know pay attention to me. Yeah. You know. And I've seen full body apparitions. I saw a full body apparition at Cool Ross Palace uh, 10 minutes from the time I walked in. You know, I mean, it's uh, Norwich Theater, which was really, which is really funny, which is in England. Before we went to the one place that was really haunted, uh, we went downstairs in the basement of, and it was an actual theater, you know, like where they do plays and things, not movies. And we went down below and they had a big pipe that went halfway across the, uh, the whole bottom, you know, down the basement. And you couldn't go past the pipe because on the other side, there was electrical things and all the ropes and things like that. There's about 10 feet of opening in between there. And I'm standing down there with my K2. The other people are behind me. And I look up and it's dark. And I see a man standing five feet away from me on the other side where we're not supposed to be. And he's looking down like he's looking at a phone or a K2 or something. So I turn around to say something to Mandy who had invited me. And she's going, Right. So I go, whoa, I turn back around and there's nobody, nobody there. They couldn't have gone anywhere. There's a big metal, you know, piece that runs through the thing. They would have to climb over and over me to get through it. Right. And I turn around and looked at her and she goes, you saw it too, didn't you? And I went, yeah, I saw him. Right. So, I mean, it was, I could have tapped him on the head. He was that close. Wow. So, but, you know, but I do it a lot. See, that's what people don't understand. You know, they say, how do you get so many things happen to you? I said, well, I go, I go out all the time looking for it. I said, but, and they say, yeah, but you always have these great stories. I said, yeah, but I don't write down the stories where I sat on, got a cold ass sitting in an uh, empty castle in the middle of the night and nothing happened because that's not very interesting. Right? Right. I said, I've got chapters and chapters and nothing happening. <laughs> so, you know, you, you just got to, you know, ghosts, ghosts will play with you when they want to. It's that right. simple. Kind of like fish when you go fishing. Exactly. You can always catch something, and the stories aren't always big. Yeah. True that. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll have to call me next time you guys are out on the East Coast because, I mean, I would tag along in a heartbeat. Well, I, I'm trying to find more places to go. Yeah. You know, and uh, the problem with, uh, with the Hollywood Ghost Hunters right now is that when we started the group, we all lived within 30 miles of each other. Right. Now we live in three different states. Mm -hmm. That's so, true. You know, and, and like Kane, Kane is so freaking busy. You know, if he's not doing a movie, he's doing a convention. And I mean, you know, it's hard hard to get him out. RA, you know, he he needs to take a nap, you know, because he's an older gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> 
hope he's listening. I love to I love to torture him. Ari Ari is six foot five and three hundred and forty pounds. Right? Oh he's a moose, right? And he's very proud of how big he is. But what's so funny is I can turn him into Hulk Hogan like that. Right? And it's become a, a running joke between us because I'll just walk up to him and I'll go. Wow, all right, you're pretty big. What are you like, about six foot two and about 265? He'll go, well, let me tell you something right now, brother. He says, I'm six foot five and 345 pounds of coil steel and sex appeal. Right? And then you go, you had sex with a banana peel. What? No, that's not what I said. (laughs) We torture that poor boy. It's only because we know we can outrun him. You know, he moves like a glacier. I'm pretty sure I can outrun that even with five knee operations. Of course, I'd, I'd have incentive having that big gorilla chase you. Well, true, right? Holy wow. shit. Wow. Now, uh, you said you are familiar with uh, Skinwalker Ranch. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you know the lineage of Skinwalker Ranch? Yes. About Robert Bigelow? Now, Robert Bigelow owned that. He was a very wealthy industrialist, a guy that was very much into weapons, right? Things like that. Uh, I believe that he got grant money from the United States to help do research there. Um, there's a reason things are happening there. Let's put it that way. Why they keep getting a lot of the same things at the 1.6 you know, uh, gigahertz yep. number. Uh, why they're finding things underground. And I think they're there because somebody put them there for experiments. So, okay, we'll see. Yeah, fascinating show. Yeah, and um, now I have well, to stop watching it. Damn you, Leo! Well, even even um, like like uh, uh, Doctor Taylor that they have on there. Um, uh, it's Travis Taylor, right? Um, yeah, yeah, like uh they do a bunch of Q and A's on their insider program. Like they're, they're still investigating like year round. Um, so it's, I'm excited to see what uh, they show this year on the, on the season, but I so. watched the opening one last night. That was pretty yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, was. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, things out there, but I do think with the Bigelow lineage that has to play a big part. Yeah, it definitely yeah. seems like uh Bigelow a lot of stuff was more malicious, you know, when, when his stories are more malicious, you know, other than what, um, uh, Brian Fugel and, and his team has, uh, has really found. So th- that, that could be something with it. Maybe they were, you know, uh, I don't know what they would were doing, but you know, well, I think uh, there's, I think there's underground structures there. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you guys have watched the curse of Oak Island. I was telling a guy that I know that it worked on Oak Island. And I said, I already got this thing figured out. I don't know what's the, what's the, what's the real hard part about it. And he goes, okay, what did you figure out? I said, okay, you all expect there to be a big treasure there, right? Because somebody burrowed 175 feet down and put, you know, booby traps for anybody going in and all that stuff. I said, okay, that would, that would lead me to believe there's something worthwhile down there. I said, but around the time when this was supposed to have happened, who would have wanted to take their treasure over here to hide it, right? You know that the Spanish were there at one time, the English were there, the French were there, the Portuguese were there, the Knights Templar were there, right? Now, 
which one of those did the king of France try and kill them all so they could steal his gold, their gold? That was the Templars. Yep. Which which group actually had a navy? That was the Templars. Okay. Um, none of the other groups, Spain, all those people were superpowers in the time. They didn't have to go across to Nova Scotia to hide their wealth because nobody could take it from them. Right. Okay. So it makes sense. The only real group would be the Portuguese and the because the Portuguese and the, and the uh, Knights Templar were very tight, right? And they had a guy there named Samuel Bull, I believe his name, a black gentleman who was a cabbage farmer. And he owned one of the spots. And within a year, I, I believe it was, maybe two years, he became one of the richest guys in North America. He didn't get it from cabbage farming on, you know, Oak Island. And I told him, I said, you guys are going about this the whole wrong way. He goes, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? And this guy was pretty high up in hierarchy. And I said, if you were going to put a treasure in there and booby trap it, wouldn't you put a way in for you to get in that nobody knew about? And he goes, yeah. yeah. I said, what if you wanted it back? You're going to swim through all the stuff you just built? No, you're going to have a back door to get in it. And he goes, yeah, <laughs> think about it. It's true. The only group that makes any sense of being there is the Templars. They found things that relate to the Templars, right? Matter of fact, one of the places that I'm going to ghost hunt when I go back to Scotland here in June uh, is a place called Temple, which is eight miles from Roslyn Chapel, which was an actual Knights Templar temple. And they named the city Temple because it was there. And I, that's one of the places that I'm going to be ghost hunting overnight with a guy named Lee Dunn, who's a very famous psychic medium. And another friend of mine, Gregor uh, Stewart, who is one of the heads of uh, Scottish Paranormal. So we're going to go in there and uh, investigate that place. So, yeah, it should be fun. But that's, I mean, holy crap, we killed this whole show. I just realized the time we got about we got about five minutes left. And then we have to let this gentleman go because Leo actually has another show tonight. I do. I do. I do. Uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story. It has nothing to do with any of that. I just heard this <laughs> and I just loved all that. This older guy was driving and, and he hit another guy from behind, right? This big nasty guy gets out and he starts, he grabs the guy and starts shoving him around saying, you did $10,000 worth of damage to my car and you're going to pay it in cash so I can get it done, right? And he goes, well, I don't carry that kind of cash on me. And he says, well, you better get it. He says, I'm going to kick your ass, right? And a little old man. And he says, well, let me call my son, right? And the guy goes, well, what does your son do? And he goes, well, he trains dolphins. And he goes, can you get him up with $10,000? He goes, yeah. He's, so he says, call him. So he calls him. He says, he'll be here in 10 minutes. So guy comes over. He gets out of the car. The big mean guy comes up to him. And the, the guy that gets out of the car, his son, beats the hell out of the guy. Right? And he turns out, looks at his dad. He goes, dad, quit telling people I train dolphins. I train seals. Navy <laughs> seals. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, that's guy. great. That's great. So I, I did see a question come in. It was rather long, so I'll let Leo read it, and we'll actually do that, and then uh, we'll wrap our questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Carrie says, uh, my daughter is a paranormal magnet. Where she lives, she attracts things. Uh, they will begin to interact with other people in the place as well. They're mostly just look-at-me actions, throwing things, slamming doors, noises, pulling hair, occasionally talking to us and the like. She's lost uh, SOs due to this. And any advice beyond her frequent cleansings? What is SOs? Uh, significant others, I believe. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, that sounds like something that really is trying to connect to her. Okay. It doesn't sound like anything bad. What I would suggest she does, by the way, if you really want to get rid of a spirit, tell it to leave, right? And tell it to leave in no uncertain terms. You just say, listen, um, I'll give you a, for instance, there was this one lady that asked me to come over and she said she had a real demonic spirit. And when I checked her with the uh, thermal imager, she had a big black spot in her, right? And I was like, okay. So, which I do have those on film, you know, but uh, I told her, I said, uh, tell it to get out of you, get, get away from you and don't come back, right? And she goes, should I get mad? And I said, yeah. And she goes, how mad? I said, pretend you just found your boyfriend and your sister together. And she goes, that mad? And I said, and then some. And she looks at me and she goes, and she, she was this adorable lady, right? She was, you know, the kind that should have been on a sitcom, you know? And she, she looks at me and she goes, is it okay if I use my faith? And I said, couldn't hurt, <laughs> right? right? So the stupidest thing I've ever done was not film her because she was freaking spectacular. She puts her little fists together, throws her arms over her head and she goes, Get out! The power of God commands you. I almost left. <laughs> she was sincere, right? But I waited like a couple minutes and I put the thermal imager on it and the black spot was gone. So that was really cool. So you can get them to leave, but you just have to make it very apparent to get lost. It doesn't sound like this spirit here is trying to do anything harmful to her, right? It just sounds like some of the significant others just couldn't put their wrap their head around it but what i would suggest for her and your your telephone has voice recorders in it turn on your voice recorder and talk to it see if you can find out who it is and then you can you can deal with it easier yeah good point good point yeah. or, or or whatever is haunting or not haunting her but whatever is connected to her maybe it's a loved one and these so's are sobs could be too could be they're driving them away on purpose Right, right. Because I have heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, it's... it's People people underestimate the power the spirits have. I mean, I've been saved twice from dying by spirits. Now, now do you consider that doing stunts with ghosts? Well, one, both times it was my dad coming back. So... Very cool. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. But... So, Ghosts, spirits will react the way you treat them. And if, and if they're negative spirits, you have to treat them as such. And you just have to get tough on them and say, get out. And you might have to scream at them. You might have to do it over and over again for a week or so, but eventually they'll leave. Because you're no fun anymore. Exactly. You're not a victim. Right. Bullies, just like don't pick up, bullies don't pick on tough people. Right. Right. Very so you start it up a little bit and tell him, get out of my house. Okay. So go ahead and, Rick, why don't you pitch, pitch your two books, tell, tell our viewers and listeners the names of the books. I know it's in the show notes up above and down below, but just give them a quick rundown. And okay. They're, maybe... they're, yeah, they're both on Amazon. Um, they deal with a lot of the ghost hunts that I've been to and the kind of uh, paranormal things that have happened through my life in both books. Uh, the first one won the Paranormal Book of the Year Award. Um, I wanted to win the second year too, but I'm just kind of a greedy pig. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the first one's called Ghosts Believe in Me. It's available on Amazon. And uh, 
the next one is called the spirits are out there and they're waiting for you. And it's also on Amazon. And like I say, the, uh, the money that I get from the books on Amazon, I donate to St. Jude's hospital. So if you want something that's pretty cool to read, at least from what people tell me, um, and make a little money for St. Jude's. Mm -hmm. Cool. Sounds Very good. Cool. Very cool. So great stories. Uh, I, I would any, any, any last questions from, uh, either of you? No, I'm good. I know Leo always has his, uh, his closing question. Yeah. All right. So Leo fire away. Well, uh, first I want to say, uh, I totally agree with you on the cabbage farmer. I, I, I thought the same thing. Like, you know, where'd he come up with all that money? You know, he must've found something. Um, it's cabbage. Yeah, but he, he was the only one on the island. <laughs> yeah, and like he, 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 the greens. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, besides ghost hunting, writing and doing stunts, uh, on your off time, is there something that you dork out about? Like, you know, uh, do you study anything, uh, you know, on your own? Uh, do you like, uh, play video games? What, what, what do you do? No, I don't, don't play video games, but I am totally obsessed with the Knights Templar. Nice. And uh, Belgoni Castle has such a strong influence of the Knights Templar. I just love going to that place. I actually became friends with the Laird of the, the castle who just passed away a couple months ago. By the way, sir, you're going to, Ben, you're going to need a Slurpee pretty soon. Um, <laughs> just, just saying, it's, it, it's over next to the Ho-Hos and the Twinkies, so you can't miss it. Um, right. I'll need one of those, too. Yeah, but uh, the Knights Templar fascinate me. They absolutely fascinate me. And I've been to many places that people, you know, that are Templar places. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah. Cool. Mm. By the way, you do know that's why Friday the 13th is considered bad luck? Was because of the Knights Templar? Didn't the King of France that. wanted... The Knights Templar were the richest organization in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. And they actually were banking. And they had, they were by far the richest, and they loaned a great deal of money to the King of France. The King of France didn't want to pay it back, right? So he had them uh, all on Friday the 13th drug in as heretics to the religion. They took Graham de Malay, who was the uh, Grand Master, and burned him at the stake. And they forced all the other guys through torture to say that they were doing all these weird rituals and stuff like that. Well, the weird thing about the Knights Templar when they went to go take all the treasure that they had in all these holding places, it was all gone. When they went to see the Navy that, that they had, the ships were gone. So here was like this super powerful thing. Everything vanished. Well, okay. Wow. They did go to Portugal. That, that I know for sure, because they built temples in Portugal and stuff like that. And on Oak Island, they also have, uh, a lot of the, the roadways there are the same as the Portuguese roadways. So, um, yeah, I think that's the case right there. Samuel Ball found all this stuff. You're not going to find anything but remnants. And uh, it's a great story. Um, but I think that's probably what happened. Look for the freaking back door. Yep. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me in there for an hour. I'll find a freaking thing. <laughs> 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 well, they're going to say that there's something there because they need to do another, you know, 12 seasons of the show. I think this may be the end of the season. Really? Yeah, the island's going to sink. 
the they last dug too deep. The they last I saw, they, they they were doing like these what like twelve foot uh, drills. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that's going down the garden shaft. And actually, if you if you see that thing where the the uh, the bubble they call it the twenty foot bubble has the tunnel going underneath into the garden shaft, yep. you go on the other side of the garden shaft and look over back that way. That's where your tunnel is going to be to actually get in and take the stuff out. And I have a feeling that the stuff that you might go over and find out that the stuff was on Samuel Ball's land, the back door. So. Didn't get all. Didn't get to be one of the richest men in North America from cabbages, yep. right? Totally. Right. And the fact is, he was he was a black man back then, and they didn't make a lot of money doing anything back then, you know. So, yeah, tough uh, times. You know, tough times, and he comes out, you know, just shining. So, good for him. Well, he was also right. a. a uh, wasn't he like a freed slave that you know he went from from slavery to like millionaire? Yeah, he's yeah. the one. He 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 actually lived on Oak Island, yep. mm -hmm. and uh, all of a sudden he went from being a cabbage farmer to being super wealthy. I wonder where. Yeah, you're on, you're on an island. Everybody says there's treasure. You're the only guy there, and all of a sudden you're rich. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't right. like Palumbo, you know. Oh, let me tell you. Uh, this is uh, one more question. You know. Um, Samuel Ball, backdoor, they'll find it, end of show. Right. And on that note, Leo. Yeah, well, we'll wrap things up. Absolutely love it. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. Uh, you know me, just Google Leo Pond. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. I'm not going to say which is which. But I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. We got a ton of shows on the network. There's a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. Head on over to thedorkening.com. You can learn more there. And we're going to be doing another live show in about 45 minutes. Actually, a little less than that. So, uh Stay tuned. We'll we'll be uh, we'll be live again. And Rick, where do you like people interacting with you on the social medias? Uh, on Facebook, it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, just go to Rick McCollum or Hollywood Ghost Hunters. And by the way, if you run over to the Seven Eleven near near you guys right now, at uh, in the next thirty minutes, I bet you find Ben over there by the Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know Ben well enough. He goes for the chocolate ho hos and stuff. Not, not, not that much of a Twinkie fan, I don't think. Great, great. I'm going to have, have shipments of friggin' chocolate ho hos showing up at my door now. Well, they do have chocolate covered Twinkies, so maybe you could eat one Ooh, of those. Oh, yeah, those are yummy, right? too. Right? Yeah. So ben, anyway, you're, pitch, you're pitching about people sending you chocolate covered ho hos. I can't talk to you anymore. That's it. <laughs> well, no, I'll, I was going to share them. It's all good. I'll share them with everybody. It's good. Why are you me? Here's my address. <laughs> Mudslide ice cream, please. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. So on that note, thank you, Rick. Uh, awesome. You're welcome. Uh, you're, it's been a ball chatting with you. Um, and as far as us, well, go to stilltoken.com. But if you want to see us, we will be in Berwick, Maine tomorrow at Trican Alternatives doing a book signing from about 9 to 3, somewhere around there. And yep. then we head from Maine to Western Mass out to Hadley for the Grass and Greener event for Friday and Saturday. Uh, I believe we're going to run into a whole shit ton of people that we haven't seen in a little while out there as well. So just, look for, the car that, just look for the car that has smoke coming out the windows as it drives in. 
<laughs> I think that'll be a lot of them, actually. It'll be all of them. <laughs> we might be the only one that's not. <laughs> but yeah, like like Jeff said, stilltoking.com. You can find out everything about us from the comic book to the TV series to the animation to this show. Uh, you can also head over to Red Coral Universe OTT, new streaming platform. They're carrying all our stuff there as well. Um, keep your eyes peeled. We got some big stuff happening. Product release for us tomorrow. We got the novel coming out in the next couple months. Yeah, there's just a lot going on. But we want to definitely take the time to thank Rick for coming out and hanging out with us, telling us all his kick-ass stories. Check the show notes up above and down below. Go buy his book. It's for a great cause, man. Donates it to St. Jude's. You know, that's a, that's a huge thing. And uh, to all our veterans and first responders, we want to thank you for doing what you do so people like us can do what we do. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. We're out of here. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Peace. Thanks, Rick. Rick, hang tight. Oh, yeah, hang tight. Hang tight. Hang tight.